Welcome back to another edition of Dream Team, where we ask a club legend of their all-time 11 or players who have influenced them, been big parts of their careers. And today we have Kevin Grant. So just a little introduction. Kev's been with the club for a number of years. When did you make your first appearance then, Kev, in adult cricket? Uh, well, the uh, first game was when I was 11 for Trojans at uh, Victory Sports Ground. Um, so I've been 11 in 1969. I'm 62 in a few days' time. So next season will be my 51st adult season. So, so you've played with a fair amount of characters, some good, some bad over the years. Yeah, mainly, mainly all good. Yeah, that's it. it's not too many bad. Okay, so I'll throw it over to you. So we go go through the people who had the biggest influence on you, biggest characters, not necessarily the best players you've played with, but just people who've shaped your career over the last 50 years or so. So over to you, yeah. number one. In no yeah, absolutely, order. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Well, they are in a sort of batting order um, okay. when I was asked to think about this. Well, um, the, the first person, uh, when I... It, when I was about um, 18, uh, I was having a few Essex ca uh, age group games and I was sort of influenced to, to go and play in the top league in Essex rather than with the club I was playing for, Trojans. So 1978, 79 and 80, I played for Lee um, on a Saturday. And my opening partner then was a guy called Ken Wallace, who was uh, a big name in the area. Uh, he played a few games for uh, Essex first team and he was also the captain of the Essex second team. Um, and he was an opening batsman and he was a big influence in my career. Um, one of those guys who, when he was, as it, he was captain, everybody, a minute we was on the pitch, sort of looked up to him and was always focused on, on watching him. Um, a slightly unique batsman. He used to bat, his guard was about six to eight inches in front of the stumps. And he had a very low crouching stance. Um, and I think one of the things that he really sort of taught me was uh, you don't need to look brilliant to be a good batsman. You don't need to look technically brilliant to be a good batsman. He looked uh, slightly unusual in his stance. He had uh, a fair range of shots, but he was particularly strong on the pull and the cut. And these, they were the shots that he concentrated on. And he was a big run scorer and he would just bat and bat and bat and bat. And um, so his attitude and his um, determination to every game um, succeed, I think, was a, was a big influence on me he was a, a funny slightly funny character off the pitch very dedicated to the game wanted to talk about the game all the time um but a terrific uh batsman and, and a guy i learned a lot from and, and enjoyed uh playing with in in those years in the uh late 70s okay. so who's opening with him uh the other opener is uh, a very good friend of mine a, a guy called mark browning he's uh, an australian lives in uh, geelong 
and I met him in the uh, in the eighties. He came over uh, for a year to teach at um, well, he ended up teaching at Temple Sutton Primary School, and uh, he played for Trojans and he came back uh, for a number of years, not only to the South End area but also to uh, an area around Bath. Left-handed batsman, similar in some respects, uh, in that. Uh, I think he'd be the first to say he wasn't the most extrovert of batsmen, a fairly dogged batsman, batsman that saw opening the batting as sort of seeing off the new ball. Uh, again, good player of the pull shot um, and of the short ball. Um, but again, somebody that wouldn't give their wicket away. And, you know, one of the things I, I that's certainly really changed when I see people playing now is too many players give their wicket away so much easier, it seems, than perhaps people did in, in the past. Maybe it's the, the introduction of so many more limited overs, games, etc. But, um, you know, I still think there is roles for certainly the opening batsmen and the top three batsmen to sort of set a platform, sell their wicket dear. Um, whereas now you see so many batsmen, if they face you know, an over and a half without scoring a run, you know they're going to have a big attacking shot at a ball, which may not be there to play. So, um, so Mark, again, was very uh, left. He was left-handed, which, again, ideal as an opening partner to have a left and right-hander. And, um, yeah, he was um, a good, solid opening batsman to bat with. Okay. So, I'm moving on. You're number three. A similar mould of player? Uh No. Uh, we're sort of going a slightly astray now. Uh, so the, my number three is a guy called Dave Bunce, who I played with for about 30 seasons uh, at Trojans. Um, Dave was a, a good, very good all-round sportsman, a good, um, a good footballer, um, a very good fielder. He also took up wicketkeeping and became a very good wicketkeeper. Um, as a batsman, he was really a, just an eye player. Um, slashing sort of offside shots um but one of the things that with Dave and I he was probably my first regular opening partner and we uh, developed uh just an awareness of the other batsmen and we would often run without any calling between us because we just seemed to know with a look up the other one is ready to run and we're, we're off and and we did that for years there's always just people, had that there's always people like that isn't it people you play with over years who just a little look and you just know when they come out to bat ah good he's coming out he runs well he does that yes you, you bat yes. with some people better than others and and you know again something that is often said you know that the best way to face a fast bowler or good opening bowler is at the other end and if you can keep rotating the strike um again i think from what i see of the you know, the last 15, 20 years, the modern, the modern game, there's less singles taken. You know, there's more boundaries hit all the time. So that, that act of actually getting off strike, getting up to the other end, um, seems to have lost a bit. But Dave was excellent at that and uh, was a big influence on my career as well, Dave. You, you, know, talk, you talk about ball people not running as much. You see guys now get 50 off 70 with 10 fours. That's 10 off 60, you know, if you look at it that way. It's a lot of, there's a lot to be said for knocking it into gaps and keep the scoreboard 
ticking. But yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, you know, the bats are better than they used to be. Um, because, you know, the ball is definitely hit further now than it, than it used to be, consistently hit further. Mm. Um, but, but, but yeah, the, and, and the scores are bigger. You know, when I was young, you know, if you got down to the last 20 overs and you needed 110, you, you'd go for that. But if it was more than 110, that was probably beyond you. Whereas now, you know, 140, 150 is still on with the last 20. In, Very much in, so. In, 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 yeah. Very much so. So, okay, so, so obviously we've got Dave, whose son and grandson both played for EMT in a day. It'd be nice to get them back, but that's an, another story, I guess. Yeah, uh, moving absolutely, on to number, yeah. number four. Number four, um, as many of you know, the last four seasons I've played on a Saturday at, at uh, Aberton, and uh, the guy at number four is a guy called Richard Moxon. He plays for Aberton. I've played three of the four seasons I've played with uh, him. Um, he's uh, no youngster. I think he was 50 this year. Very athletic, very good fielder still. Um, very, uh, as opposed to the top three batsmen that I, that I mentioned, very elegant, very technical, uh, lovely cover drive, lovely through the offside. One of those batsmen, it's quite tall, elegant, um, as opposed to certainly the likes of Ken Wallace, a good looking batsman from, from aesthetically. Um, Richard scores a lot of big scores. The, the, the downside I would say is that Richard as well doesn't really tend to do the singles and the twos. And, and Richard probably, as opposed to those previous batsmen, he'll have some big scores, but he'll have some naught to 10 scores. And, and my, my uh, sort of opinion of a, a real proper batsman is a batsman that gets sort of 30 plus three out of every four games. Um, and uh, Richard will get lots of hundreds and big scores, but he'll also get a few sort of naught to fives. But uh, well, I mean, we all do. But um, if he could have a little bit of the determination of the previous three batsmen, you'd have had a an even better batsman than he is, but a great, a, a very good looking batsman to watch and a batsman I've really enjoyed playing with. So we've talked about Ken and Mark and Dave and Richard. Who are the real big influences when you were growing up? Was it Ken or was it Dave Bunce or others? I, I mean, I'd probably say, you know, initially it was Dave Bunce because that's who I was playing with and who I, you know, I started off sort of watching the game from about four. Yeah. at Trojans and, and the likes of Dave Bunce was playing then so I would see that um, but Ken, Ken Wallace was like the big name in the area was the, the sort of the major batsman in the area um, so then playing with him and, and hearing him and uh, uh, you know that they you know they, they they were my big influences yeah okay so moving on to number five who've you got five number five is another guy from Trojans played with for about 20 years, um, bit of an all-rounder, guy called Dave Harrod. He also went and played for Hadley for a couple of years. Um, Dave was um, a strong uh, man. Uh, he would uh, had a great throw. He could throw the ball in from the boundary, low and flat. Uh, was a pretty decent, uh, lively medium bowler and a strong, hard-hitting batsman. He was the sort of... Um, he always tended about five, always number five for some reason. Um, very powerful driver of the ball. Um, preferred 
the slower bowling wasn't so, wasn't so clever against the quick bowling, um, probably because he, he wanted to drive uh, rather than sort of cut and pull and deflect. Um, but Dave, again, played with for, for a long, long time and, and you know, he's still around now. Still see him occasionally over the park. He comes over, unfortunately, he's in a wheelchair now. But um, uh, Dave was a big influence and uh, a powerful player to have in your team as a, you know, a, a, a very good all-round player. Okay, so on to number six. Is, is six an all-rounder for you? Uh, I think six is like the engine room, really, isn't it? Yeah. A very key position, um, batting-wise. You need your number six to be somebody that uh, can read the game uh, and can bat appropriately. Either keep the ball, keep the scoreboard ticking over, accelerate, or sort of dig in um, if if early wickets have gone. Number six is a guy again at Aberton I played with for only two seasons, unfortunately. Um, the guy's called Ryan Saville. Uh, he's played a few Essex uh, second team games as well. Uh, he was the captain at Aberton when I went there. Um, very good fielder. Uh, and all of these guys I mentioned, they're all excellent fielders, uh, which is such a big part of the game. Um, Ryan is uh, off-spin bowler, gets good sharp turn, um, which, you know, it's unusual. Generally, off-break bowlers, it, it, you know, it's not sharp turn, but he gets a real nip off the wicket, but a very good batsman and a batsman that could adapt his game, could either accelerate, he had various shots, he would also play switch hits and different things, but would also dig in and just sort of calm the innings down if it needed and see see the game over the line. Key position number six and seven, I think, in yeah. the batting order, you need people that have got a good cricket brain um, and he certainly had one with excellent player. He was also a captain and he was one of those captains who minute you were on the field, everybody was watching and listening to what he said. One of the things Ken Wallace taught me when I was uh, sort of 18, he says, in between the ball, when the ball's going back to the bowler, look at the captain. He says, I'm not going to shout out and holler, tell people to move. In between the ball, look at me. If I want you to move and you're looking at me, then I can do it with hand movements. And I think that's, again, something to, to practice. Keep your eye on the skipper. Yeah, you don't need to. The best skippers are the ones who you can just see. They don't have to be shouting all round. It's a lot of it's for effect at times. So, sure. Okay, so number seven. Number seven um, is a guy I, I only played with for one season. He's a guy called Ben Clark. He's another Australian. He comes from uh, Mount Gambia in South Australia. And he was a, a lively uh, medium quick bowler. Uh, who did a little bit with the ball um, and was also a very good middle-order batsman, similar to, to Ryan. He was a batsman that could come in and either play big shots, try and accelerate, or he would dig in, nudge, support the batsman the other end, and very determined player to win the game. Um, somebody that uh, just had a good cricket brain and would know when to attack, when to defend, and also similarly with his bowling, was a bowler that could either bowl uh, for containment or bowl in particular to try and try and get wickets. A very clever uh, thinking cricketer. Quite a lively character off the pitch, Ben. Um, 
Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, I suppose I didn't didn't know Ben that much off the pitch because he was quite a bit younger than me, and so he yeah. would mix in different different circles. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, I know he he also came over uh, and was involved with Rayleigh as well for a while. Um, and uh, he's he's involved with I think it's called East Gambia. He's uh, his club in uh, in South Australia. So through the years, you've played with quite a few overseas players. Who were the the real top overseas you played with over through the years? Um, I suppose the best one would be a guy called Neil Barry. Uh, he was at Hadley in the mid nineties. Big uh, West Indian from Guyana. Um, very nice guy. Uh, good batsman. I used to open the batting with him and. We had a, a very good partnership. Again, used to run between the wickets really well. We were very different. He was about six foot two, three, four, something like that. So, you know, nearly a foot taller than me. He was a um, very strong driver off the front foot, whereas I was better off shorter balls. Uh, so, of course, the bowling length to the two of yeah. us was probably about two yards different. A short ball to him would have cleared my head by about six feet. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think sometimes those sort of contrasts, left and right hand, big person, small person, can, can, can really help with opening batsmen. Yeah, really messes up with bowlers' lengths and puts them it off. Does. Okay, so back to your team. Uh, number eight, are we into the bowlers now? Are we still a bit all-rounder? Yep. Yeah, number eight, number eight is, my, uh, is my star. Uh, good mate of mine. Um, played with for about 20 years at Trojans, a guy called Peter Cost, fast bowler, extraordinary fast bowler, uh, only ever played for Trojans. Um, once uh, had a couple of trials at Essex and clean bowled Gooch in the indoor nets and they all said to him, oh yeah, done well, we'd like, you know, we're interested to see how you do outside when you come off your long run. And Pete said, that is my long run. He bowled from about no more than about eight or nine paces. So his run up was no more than Nigel Green's. Yeah. Or, you know, a spin bowler. Uh, but he was such a strong uh, young man that uh, he could also bowl long spells. I mean, at one stage we were playing in a, a league where it's 45 overs, but there was no restriction on bowlers. And he would bowl 23. And his pace would hardly drop. Very accurate, um, yeah, just a, a real, and I think because he had such a short run up, it was very off putting for the batsman because he was just sort of on you straight away all the yeah. time. Less time uh, to say he was getting, getting through the overs so quickly, um, and yeah, just a super, super bowler. Um, very strong, again, had a, had, a, had a gun arm from the boundary, pretty useful, uh, lower, middle, lower middle order batsman as well. Um, he was a, uh, I think in his teenagers, teenage days, he was a, a tree fella for the council, which was one of the reasons why he got so strong. And he had a bit of a, a Jeff Thompson bowling action, uh, but he was a fantastic bowler. And uh, yeah, he, he's my number one on, on any list. First name I always put down. Okay. Okay, moving on to nine we're at now. Number nine, well, I thought... I'd better come up with a wicketkeeper as well. Dave Bunce was a reasonable wicketkeeper. Um, 
but then trying to think, and obviously over 50 years, I've played with loads of very good wicket keepers. Um, but the, the guy that particularly has sort of stood out and impressed me uh, is a player that uh, many South End players will, will know, is uh, Dale Hackney. And um, I only played I don't know, two, three seasons maybe with Dale. And uh, I thought he's standing up wicket keeping to medium pace and, and quick bowlers was outstanding. And I haven't seen better standing up against that sort of pace of bowling on the wickets we were playing on. Um, so I, I put him down. I think he is the sort of guy that uh, if if we had been born, if, our, if he had been born a bit earlier and I'd been born a bit later, I think we'd have either been very firm friends or very fierce rivals. Because sort of on the field, he's uh, perhaps um, either very similar or very different to me. Yeah. One, of, one of those. And uh, But I, I'm sure if we'd have been in the same side, we'd have been uh, really good friends. And I, I thought he was I thought he was outstanding. I know he had, even from early on when he started playing, I think his hands were beginning to cause him a, a few problems. But I thought his sta keeping standing up was brilliant. He's always been, I always thought Dale was someone very underrated. I always seem to be batting eight or nine or ten. And I was, he's got league hundreds. Perhaps, perhaps he was always a little bit self-deprecating at times. Dale, I don't know. I think, again, he was a player that didn't get the most out of his ability with the bat. And, I, I, you know, again, he, he, he was a very quick between the wickets. And he would also run, you know, the tip and run stuff. But then all of a sudden, he would want to try and launch the ball out the ground. And he was so much better playing his tip and run, tip and run, tip and run. And then once you've got yourself in after a few overs, then do it. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he def definitely did have ability with the bat that um, perhaps could have been used better. OK, so on the subject of players from Southend, before the merge, who were the best Southend players you played against or most memorable? Um, well, I suppose from going quite a way back, um, Ken Porter was a guy that I played against a number of times in uh, uh, the odd Sunday game and midweek games. Ken was a, uh, a tall uh, opening batsman, particularly uh, not particularly attacking. Yeah, again, somebody that would build an innings and try and occupy the crease for uh, uh, for majority of the, the batting overs um, but a very very decent batsman bowled a little bit as well um, he, he would be one name that uh, definitely springs to mind I remember Robin Edmonds Riff Booter Riff Booter um, similar age to me I, I played with with and against Riff numerous times Riff was a good um, left arm spin bowler took loads of wickets for South Bend decent batsman as as well uh, Chris Hayburn, uh, played with Chris for Customs and Excise for many years in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and Chris used to bat number three for Southend and was a big run scorer. A guy called John Nicholson, probably on the honours board there. John was a, a left arm over, um, medium quick bowler. He actually joined Lee at the same time that I did in 78. Um, 
remember the, the two Heises. Uh, Mark was a, a good, yeah. uh, stylish batsman. Uh, I used to like, and then there were a few other, um, few other guys. Dave Driver, I remember Dave Driver, Sergeant. Uh, and I was also really good friends yeah. with uh, Liam Buckler and uh, uh, Liam, probably not in the same class of player as those others that I mentioned, but Liam's a lovely guy. Um, uh, Pete Stannard, Phil Ross. Phil Ross was a good wicketkeeper. Yeah, Phil was Phil was playing at the start of my South End career, and unfortunately stopped when he Sunday, I think. But be good. Yeah, he was a very good keeper. Very good. Okay, yep. so back on. We're on to number ten in your team. Number ten. Uh, go back to Trojans guy that uh, I played with for 20, 30 years. Actually, actually, he's my uncle. Uh, a guy called Bob Van. Bob was a fast bowler. Um, and he was the sort of guy that would just run up and give 110% with every ball for as long as his stamina would, would last. You know, he would be a, a aggressive fast bowler. Didn't um, didn't believe in uh, bowling too many balls pitched up to the batsman. Um, and he was uh, a, a real character. But again, one of those guys that would give. 110% every time he played. Developed into a, a decent uh, off-spin bowler when he got sort of to 50s and couldn't 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 bowl with any pace anymore. Um, but he would be a great opening bowler to have the other end to uh, to peak peak cost. Two guys with uh, good pace, one aggressive, um, snarling, snorting. The other one, Pete was very calm, quiet but dangerously quick. And obviously Bob's, Bob's son, Gary, played for Trojans ENT for a number of years. Yeah, he did. Gary was a, a quickish bowler as well, probably not, well, not the pace of uh, his dad or uh, uh, Pete Cost, uh, probably because Gary's three or four inches shorter. Um, so therefore where he pitches the ball had to be a lot further. Gary uh, would bowl, um, some very good balls. He uh, he had the ability to to nip one back or nip one away and clean out the batsman. He also had the ability to spray it all over the place. But uh, um, he he was uh, a good all rounder, decent batsman as well. Gary would bat anywhere sort of five, six, seven, and then attacking batsman, um, and you know a more than useful uh, steam bowler as well. Okay. So, and finally, last man, number 11. Yeah, last man, uh, there's a guy called Norman Sammons, who uh, I'm pretty sure he's not with us anymore. He was at Lee when I first joined them. Um, he was a, a spin bowler. Um, and the thing that really impressed me with him is, again, he could turn the ball sharply. Uh, and he bowled, he bowled left arm Chinaman. So instead of normal left arm would spin the ball away to the right-handed batsman, he would spin it in. But it didn't turn sort of that much. He, he was getting the ball to turn two, three, two feet plus on good decks at a, quite a slow pace. So if he was playing against batsmen that were, could use their feet, they could often nullify his uh, spin, but he was um, he was our main wicket taker actually in those uh, 
in those late 70s and uh, um, great to have you know two or three fast bowlers and uh, uh, a really good uh, spinner to back uh, Ryan Savile was a very good spinner as well so I've got two nice spinners in there as well so we've got pretty much all bases covered we've got pace bowlers we've got two spinners we've got medium pace we've got good fielders we're looking pretty good yeah I can't get it inside no <laughs> that's true yes you can just run the drinks Kev yeah so following on for your ones so what are your plans for cricket wise for the future any plans for retirement or just keep going till the body gives up uh yeah i mean uh yeah i just i love playing uh, and uh you know the, the winter can't finish quick enough for me really um it's unfortunate you know like everybody the body shouts enough and there, there's some days when you know walking around the block is painful but you know i'm i'm pretty certain that i will be out there somewhere hopefully come uh, mid-april and uh you know fortunately there's seniors cricket now as well so i've been playing 50s and now i play 60s uh and that's every week and uh you know i, I enjoy that that's you know we're playing some great grounds against other counties and different things and uh good standard of cricket um, yeah, I mean it's it's different, obviously, because it's it's people that have you know way past their best in many yeah. re, many res, in, in all respects. But um, it's still competitive. There's still great banter, um, and everybody really wants to play. And you know that was what was great about this year. You know the people that did play this year um, were people that really wanted to play it, and I thought it was great. I loved every minute this year. Loved every minute. We had some. Not so great games uh, from a, you know, actually the standard wise and the scores wise, but I still thought this year was fantastic. Loved every minute. So I think you it. don't appreciate how much you enjoy playing until this season when, until July, you can't get out there and you think in April, yeah, it's cold and but you realise I'm happy I would get out there if I could. And that's when you really miss it, I think. Well, you know, <laughs> My birthday is right on top of Christmas. So, you know, my wife, my son, my daughter, what do you want for Christmas? And my first thought is always, what cricket gear do I need? And it's been that for about the last 45 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I've still got, I have got another pair of cricket shoes on that cricket list. So, you know, I certainly intend to play. Unfortunately, the body sometimes, well, the body doesn't do what you know, I want it to do. I can't run. Uh, very much at all now uh, and that's extremely embarrassing fielding is uh, sometimes you know well is just embarrassing and uh, uh, there are times when I just are praying that the ball doesn't come to me which is not good no. um, but you know uh, if you know God, God willing I can still score a few runs somewhere so well uh, Hopefully, uh, I've got another couple of seasons in me. Well, it's been great speaking to you, Kev. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And we'll hopefully see you on a cricket field soon. Thanks very much, Scott. All the best no to problem. everybody. Thank you. Cheers.